This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 286. Policy loan interest rates are rising. Party at my house. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey guys, what is even better than a five-star review on this podcast? Well, it's actually sharing it with a friend. More people find podcasts because friends recommend it than any other way. So hit that share button in your podcast app and send this episode to a friend right now. Let us know you did, and we'll send you a copy of our favorite book, free of charge. Hey guys, here's a bold opinion to start us off. A bank-on-yourself-designed policy loan is probably the greatest financial invention of our modern age. Yeah, like I said, bold opinion. I get it. But think about it with me. Where else can you get an asset that grows on a guaranteed basis every year? And you can use that asset as collateral to get access to the value of that asset without selling that asset. Kind of mind-numbing to think about, right? How can you get access to money through a line of credit that you don't have to repay back over your entire lifetime? Or where else can you have a complete control over the repayment process of another loan? And even while that loan is outstanding, where might you continue to get a guaranteed compound growth on the entire value of the asset, which grows every year and increases every year guaranteed? Show me anything else in the financial universe that lets us do all this. In fact, there's a challenge that the founder of the Bank on Yourself Revolution and author of Bank on Yourself, uh, Pamela Yellen, she's put out there, and it's been out there for over 10 years. She'll hand a $100,000 check to the first person who can beat the Bank on Yourself strategy, and she's asking you too. So maybe you can challenge her and win the challenge. Go see that challenge for yourself at bankonyourself.com challenge. She still says it's the best financial vehicle on the planet. So even as compelling as the policy loans for Bank on Yourself are, and there are many, there's still a lot of confusion and misunderstandings about how policy loans really work. And as of this recording, in early 2023, policy loan interest rates are beginning to rise along with the rest of the world economy as we experience higher inflation rates and steeper interest rates on all of our other debt, mortgages, credit cards, and so forth. So with all that in mind, does it still make sense to borrow from our policies? Does this higher inflation rate environment spell the end of bank on yourself? Let's spend some time together and find out. First, if we are banking on ourselves, why is there a loan interest rate from the insurance company at all if we're banking on ourselves, Aren't we just paying interest on our own money? That's certainly what Dave Ramsey would want you to believe, that you're just paying interest on your own money. So is he right? Is this bank on yourself stuff just a huge ripoff in disguise? Well, let's step back. It's important to remember that the loan is coming from the insurance company, not, quote, your own money. If it were any different, it would not truly be a loan. A loan has to be an arm's length transaction. And because it is a real loan, you have a number of benefits. Seriously. If it was not a real loan, you couldn't get money out tax-free. Loans, real loans, are not considered income by the IRS, 
Uh, and it's the same reason why you're not taxed on the mortgage you got on your house or your student loans, for example. So you're not paying interest on your own money, Dave Ramsey. So, in fact, the interest is a charge assessed by the insurance company on any outstanding loan balance a policyholder has against the insurance policy's cash value. Now, while that does seem simple enough, why does the insurance company charge interest in the first place? How much interest do you have to pay on a policy loan? When do you owe the interest to the insurance company? What are the tax benefits of loan interest? If you take out a loan against a life insurance policy, don't you have to pay the interest back? These and many similar questions are often brought up in my conversations with clients, especially if they're getting ready to take out their very first policy loan. So let's get into a few of these and get some clarity around them. And then let's talk about how interest rates going up in the overall economy is actually a good thing for policyholders. First, you only pay loan interest if you have a loan outstanding against your policy's cash value. Maybe that's a brilliant flash of the obvious, but that's important to state. You're only paying interest when you have a loan. There is no other interest charge that must be paid on a life insurance policy except when you take a loan against it. You also pay interest on the loan balance that's currently outstanding. No more, no less. For example, the loan on a bank-on-yourself-designed policy calculates on a simple interest basis, not a compound interest basis. And that loan interest, simple interest, is calculated daily, and the insurance company only charges the interest once a year at the end of the policy year, known as in arrears. Now, this is the preferred loan provision for bank-on-yourself-designed policies. It's not the way all life insurance policies uh, charge on their loans, so we'll come back to that in a minute. But let's go through an example. If you begin the month, let's say, with a $10,000 bank-on-yourself type policy loan, and your loan balance, again, is $10,000, and you make a $500 payment on the loan on the first day of that month, the insurance company will only calculate interest against a $9,500 balance moving forward. All of this is going to ensure that the interest rate that you're charged on that life insurance loan is not the same as your annual percentage rate. Just to kind of break this down, for example, a policy loan rate of 5% is not the same thing as an APR, an annual percentage rate of 5%. 5% does not always mean 5% here. The policy loan rate is the calculation of interest accumulating each day, whereas the APR is the actual cost of the funds, the actual cost of the loan over the life of that loan that you took out. So what really matters is not the policy loan rate, but your annual percentage rate. That's the actual cost of borrowing this money. What does all this have to do with anything? We're going to get there. Hang tight with me. The policy loan rate is the cause, but the APR is the effect. What the effect is, is what matters. If you want another example, let's do this. Let's say you have a $10,000 policy loan with a loan rate of 5%. Again, calculated on a simple interest basis all year long and charged annually in arrears. This is the bank on yourself way. So let's say you're paying down your principal on that loan all year long at $500 a month. This means you'd have a loan paid totally off in just under two years, and you would have paid a total interest amount of $392. So while that policy loan rate was 5%, remember, that's what the contract said, it was 5%. Since it was a simple interest all year long, your real cost of funds, your APR, was not 5%. It was only 1.96%. 
How did I get that number? Simple. Just take the amount of interest you paid, $392, divide that by your principal, $10,000, divided by two years, and that equals 1.9%. That is your cost of money, your APR. So even though the contract said 5%, you only paid 1.96. Even though you paid a very low interest of just $392, please remember that your policy was simultaneously continuing to earn interest on the entire cash value, the entire $10,000, even while you had it borrowed out. So it took you two years to pay off that loan. Over the same two years, while that loan was outstanding, you could reasonably expect the $10,000 cash value to have earned roughly $1,025. So in summary, you paid $392 to get $10,000 out of your, or again, borrowed against your policy. And you continued to earn $1,025 even while the loan was outstanding. That's a great deal. Give me $392 and I give you back $1,025. That's a great deal. Now, this is a lot of math. So please come back to me for this part. This may or may not be the case with policies not designed the bank on yourself way. So please be aware that some policy loans charge you interest at the beginning of the year, not at the end. Youch. And they'll compound your loan interest right away and throughout the year. Other policy loans I've seen charge a much higher interest rate. Still other policies will stop the growth of your policy on whatever balance you've borrowed out against your cash value. Guys, do you realize this effectively ruins the compound growth on your money and it defeats the purpose that we're going for with bank on yourself designed policies, which is supposed to let your money do effectively two things at once. All of these examples are just one more reason why it's so important that you're working with a bank on yourself professional when you design these policies from the get-go. And by the way, every colleague of mine, both inside and outside of our firm, Lake Growth, are bank-on-yourself professionals, and they're trained to look for companies, insurance companies, that offer these specific loan provisions in their life insurance contracts. I've met too many people across this country that, at this point in my career, who purchased whole life insurance, or worse, indexed universal life, over the years, thinking that they were designed the way I just recently described in this episode only to find out that their policy was improperly designed or they've got some other loan interest rate problems. One gentleman, for example, I met him last year, he had a whole life insurance policy. It paid dividends. And in fact, he had accumulated already several hundred thousand dollars packed into the cash value of that policy. He thought it was a bank on yourself designed policy, but only heard his advisor talking about infinite banking and wealth, family banking and that sort of thing. He was not a bank on yourself professional he had not gone through through that training program. Unfortunately, these two phrases, bank on yourself and infinite banking, are not mix and match. They're not the same. So his policy was designed improperly. And when this gentleman borrows against his policy's cash value, it actually penalizes the growth of the cash value while he has that loan outstanding. In other words, when he borrows against his cash value, he only earns dividends on the leftover cash value while his loan is outstanding. Now, this might sound arcane. It might sound like a small change in the contract on how loans work, known as direct recognition loans. But it really changes everything. Because when he would borrow from his policy, he consistently was breaking compound growth, totally defeating the purpose of bank on yourself. I mean, guys, really, I could break compound growth by withdrawing money from any other account. 
savings, brokerage, 401k. Why do I need to go through all this trouble of setting up a life insurance policy and borrowing from it and paying interest on it if I could just break compound growth in any other bank account? I need a bank on yourself designed policy to make this thing really work. So all that's to say, work with a bank on yourself professional and you'll make sure that this all is set up properly. And you can, by the way, reach out to us at notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com. And you can sit down with me or one of my colleagues for 15 minutes, and we can at least take a look at your existing policy or answer questions about how these loans really work. So that's notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com and click on request a meeting. And we'd be happy to learn more about your situation and answer your questions. So life insurance companies charge interest when we borrow their money, just like banks, just like credit unions or other financial institutions do. The truth is we borrow against our cash value, or to be more specific, we're borrowing the insurance company's money and using our cash value as collateral. They, meaning the insurance company, charges us interest for this privilege because we have now removed money from the pool of capital that they had to invest elsewhere. This is a good deal for everybody because the insurance company earns some money from us. The owner of the policy gets the use of the money. That's me and you and whoever owns the policy. We get access to our own money, while at the same time, our cash value continues to grow. And all other policyholders know that the insurance company is investing their money properly since interest is charged anytime somebody else in their company borrows against it. And it's going to be reflective of the overall prevailing interest rates in the marketplace. Okay. If you've made it this far in the episode, I know you're interested to know what's going on with loan interest rates now that interest rates in the overall economy are going sky high, and they're going up at a faster and faster rate. Here it is. The insurance company is in the life insurance business. Never forget that. They have portfolio managers staffed at these insurance companies, and these portfolio managers have a fiduciary duty to make sure the investments and asset choices they pick are in the best long-term interest of the insurance company and its policyholders. And any money they don't have to pay out in claims or operational expenses, their money and their general accounts should be put to work in fixed income assets like corporate bonds, mortgages, real estate, that sort of thing. And we did a deep dive into how insurance companies safely grow their general accounts and their money way back in episode 128. So go back and check that one out for more on how the insurance companies invest capital. So if these portfolio managers at these insurance companies can get way higher yields on bonds or interest rates or mortgage, whatever, than they can on policy loans, of course, they need to raise the policy loan interest rate to mirror what they could get on the open market. That's so that they can continue to make the best choices for the insurance company on offerings and uh, growing their pool of capital. So I do not want to get a discount on my policy loan if it means my insurance company I'm getting the loan from is going to suffer financially as a result. Remember, I'm an owner in that insurance company. That'd be like cutting off my nose to spite my face. So for virtually all the companies I recommend for Bank on Yourself, the life insurance contract states that the policy loan interest rate shall be set at either 5%, or Moody's Corporate Bond Index, whichever is currently higher. Now, there's two pieces of information I want to focus on here briefly. Number one, remember, that is a 5% simple interest, calculated all year long and only charged once a year in arrears. 
This means that 5% on a policy loan is not like 5% on a credit card or a mortgage. We talked about that just a little bit ago. Usually over a four-year period, your real loan rate, your APR, would be closer to 1.9%. So that's the first piece. Second, the language in the contract states that um, the loan interest rates can change. It's either 5% or close to Moody's corporate bond index, whichever is higher. Changing interest rates means a variable interest rate. Now, that word variable can make people recoil. And I totally agree. When I see a variable rate HELOC, for example, a home equity line of credit or a credit card with a variable rate, especially in rising interest rate environments like we're in today, just a little bit of me braces for impact. But there are some key differences with whole life insurance loan rates. For example, typically the loan interest rate can only change once a year on your policy's anniversary. So the insurance company can't just jerk around your interest rate. It's only going to happen once a year, if at all. And also, the underlying asset, your cash value, is contractually guaranteed to grow every year. So unlike a variable rate HELOC, for example, you'll never be underwater with your life insurance. You certainly can be underwater with a home or real estate. But you'll never be underwater with a guaranteed to increase cash value life insurance. If the loan balance ever reaches the total value of your cash value, the policy just closes down. That means it lapses. Now, while lapsing is never the goal of a policy or for a client, and there could be tax consequences if the policy lapses, we've currently never had anyone in all my years of working with clients have had a policy lapse with taxable consequences. So ever since I've been in this business, the loan interest rates were as low as they could go. But now, for the first time in my career, I'm hearing policy loan rates are starting to creep up at some of these insurance companies. And truly, I am thrilled. I'm thrilled that loan interest rates on policies are variable, and I'm thrilled that loan interest rates are starting to go up again. Why? Why would I want my policy loan rates to go up? Easy. Because I'm thinking like a business owner. I'm thinking like a banker. And because I have my policies with a mutually owned life insurance company. Realize, guys, that this means that the insurance company is raising loan rates. They'll get more profits. And when they get more profits, I get more profits because I am, in essence, an owner of this mutually owned life insurance company. If loan rates go up to, let's say, 8% or even 10%, what me worry? That just means more cash inflows to the life insurance company in which I'm a co-owner. Thus, my policy will grow faster due to the higher dividends that I'm going to continue to receive. Think about it this way. If you and I, let's say, owned a mortgage company, and you and I, let's say, were 50-50 owners sharing all the profits, and let's say, for example, I personally needed a mortgage and was going to go buy a house, would I go anywhere else to go get that mortgage? Of course not. I would go to the company that you and I co-own together. All right, next question. Would you expect me to repay my loan with interest? I hope you said yes. I hope you would expect me to pay back that loan to the company that you and I are a co-owner of. Otherwise, we're going out of business pretty quick if folks aren't paying back mortgages. And wouldn't you want to charge a reasonable interest rate based on what you could charge other borrowers on the open market? Yeah, of course, you'd want to charge me some interest, similar to what the other guys are being charged. So, as loan rates go up, isn't that just more profit to the mortgage company that you and I own together? Last question here. 
Where does the interest that I'm paying for my mortgage ultimately end up? That's right. As a co-owner with you in this hypothetical mortgage company, I'm paying my monthly mortgage payments and that translates into larger profit distributions to you and to me. Now, guys, this is a fair analogy for how it works with mutually owned life insurance policy loans. And it's why I am so thrilled that loan interest rates are going up. Since I am the co-owner along with you and everybody else who has a policy with the insurance company that's raising this loan interest rate, it's like hearing a dinner bell go off. It means that loan interest rates are creeping up, which means that profits are going to creep up, which means that dividends are creeping up in my policies, which altogether means I'll have more cash value in my policy and your policy as a result. Now, recently, a client asked me, Mark, what if I don't want to take loans from my policy? I don't like this idea of being charged interest. Well, does your bank on yourself policy still work? And is it still worthwhile if I'm not going to be heavily borrowing from my policy all the time? The answer, of course, is yes. It's an absolutely powerful tool, even if you don't take loans. You have an incredible tool of retirement efficiency relative to stocks, real estate, and more. Not to mention you have access to money and your retirement income tax-free. You have the income tax-free death benefit. And you have the accelerated death benefit rider, which gives you the ability to use the death benefit for dignity in your long-term care or similar end-of-life scenarios. And as loan interest rates rise, as a policyholder, you will benefit from your policy whether you borrow from the policy or not due to the increasing dividends that we're going to be expecting that will happen if the world gets stuck in this higher interest rate scenario. But for those of you who do borrow from your policy, you'll get access to your funds even as you continue to receive that guaranteed increase plus the dividends, which will be improving in a higher interest rate world. I'm actually thrilled that we're getting higher interest rates. I want higher dividends. And remember, as you pay down your loan, you're paying your principal down directly and you're paying a simple interest rate all year long. You're given the choice at the end of the policy year to pay that loan interest so that it never compounds. And oh, by the way, you're in complete control of the repayment plan. You can pay aggressively or you can pay slow or you can skip a few payments or stop altogether if you wish. And if you pass away without paying off that loan, the loan is going to be simply there to reduce your death benefit when you pass away and your family gets the remaining death benefit income tax-free. I mean, seriously, what if your mortgage could do all of that? What if all of our debts work the way that policy loans work? So no, I'm not concerned about loan interest rates going up. So far, even with all the high inflation that we've seen, loan interest rates have only gone up by about 20 basis points from 5% to 5.2%. And even if they went up to 8% or 10% or even higher, the party's going to be at my house as we celebrate higher dividends and even better looking bank on yourself designed cash value policies. So that's my episode for today. I hope it's been helpful for you in thinking through the wild and turbulent world we live in today and how much your policy is helping to add some security and confidence to your future. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your interest rates, and your future. 
This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join the financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.